Last night I returned from my eight-day annual silent retreat up at Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. And it's on Lake Winnebago. Somebody's nodding their head. You're obviously from Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. So it was a very unusual retreat. Not unusual, but it is designed by St. Augustine, wrong saint, St. Ignatius, um, to be like a spiritual workout. Uh, just like somebody would uh, practice for um, football season. I'm sure football teams are getting in shape now for football season. And stuff like that. It's supposed to get us spiritually fit. And that's what it's all about. So I drove up there, got there, and I saw the people that were going to be on the retreat with us. Unusual gathering of people. A former federal prosecutor was there. Um, I think an athlete who was recovering from an injury was there. A lot of young women, which amazed me. You know, they were there as well. Big numbers there, some young men. Then some older religious as well. They're the usual suspects at these retreats. They turn up at all times as well. But the beautiful thing about it is that once we have that opening meal, we're told you're now on silence. And silence is silence. No television, no newspapers, no cell phones, nothing. Just complete 24-7 quiet. And that first evening, that's a very long evening when you're getting used to it. I get, I get, it takes forever for evening time to come. But then you get into the rhythm and the beauty of it, and it is worked out in that way by, by St. Ignatius. You know, the very first thing is to refocus the person, and he calls it the principle and foundation, and to know and realize that God is our central love and our sole end. Central love and soul end, our first love and our soul end. The goal of our life in his prayer is, is that we live, the goal of our life is to live with God forever, both in this life and in eternal life. And if anything separates us from that goal, it is displacing God in our lives and it has to be realigned. For the very first part of the retreat is a realignment of getting rid of disordered loves. Disordered love could be wealth, could be another person, it could be many other things. And that's the beginning of it, to refocus and center ourselves. And then you move on to asking or reflecting on the question, what do I think God likes in me? Followed by, what do I think God dislikes in me? So if you're writing this, and you have more dislikes than likes, then you're in trouble. And that means you have to correct it. And correcting it is what the following few days of the retreat are about. It's walking in the footsteps of Jesus, walking with him, and using Ignatian contemplation, which is visualizing, imagining the gospel scene, and putting yourself in that scene as well. And that can be very powerful, especially if you visualize the scene of the Last Supper, or you visualize the scene of the washing of the feet. And Jesus actually washes your feet in your imagination. 
And Ignatius is saying that that's not the imagination. That is reality. That is what Jesus is doing at that moment, at that time in your prayer. So it's very beautiful and passes through the Paschal Mysteries, the, the death of Christ, and to the resurrection. And you finish on the resurrection on day eight, uh, praying over the resurrection and the commission to go out. Um, I do one every year. I think everybody should try even a weekend of something like this. They have them for couples. Could couples go a weekend without talking? <laughs> Maybe some do anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but this would be a different kind of silence. <laughs> so it would be something that would be worth trying out at some stage in your life. Because the whole essence and purpose of it is, is to make Jesus not an idea, not a concept, not something to be discussed, but to encounter him personally in your life. To pray before Jesus on the cross at his crucifixion and to pray in such a way that he's doing this personally for you is something that is very powerful indeed. And then that he looks at his mother and his disciples and you're standing there and he looks at them and he loves them. It's something that's very intimate and very beautiful. And I would just encourage you to consider doing something like this just one time in your life before you die. Undertake a retreat like this. It's very beautiful and it, 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 it ties in very nicely with, with the gospel of today, especially the yoke. Because when a farmer bought an oxen. He would go out and take the wood and he would measure the oxen's shoulder where the yoke would be placed on for him to pull the plough. He'd have to measure it. He'd have to take time carving it out because an oxen is very valued and it's very, very much, um, you know, without it, there was no food. There was nothing. People would die. So he didn't want the oxen getting cut or he didn't want it damaging or breaking a bone in his shoulder. It was molded with care and sanded down and smoothed so that when it was put on him, he could pull the weight of the plow and it, everything would be good. It would be a win-win situation. But what Jesus is saying is, take, up, take my yoke upon you, is that at times in those days, the yoke was for two oxen. So what Jesus is communicating to us is that he was pulling the other side. He is pulling the other side. And that's what the retreat is all about, that Jesus is walking with us as we journey through life, and especially so when we are going through a difficult time. How much easier Heavy burdens in life are if we know we are not walking alone. There's somebody beside us that has got our back, that is pulling the load with us, that is present with us and understands what it is to suffer, understands what it is to go through pain, 
understands that there's difficulty in everybody's lives and is there, no matter what the load, to carry the load with us. And that is what Jesus wants all of us to know. That is what he wants us to know when we do a retreat. It's what he wants us to know when we come to Mass. And what he wants us to know even when he says in the Gospel, take my yoke upon you, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and I will give rest for your souls. I will pull the load with you if you allow me to.